Welcome to Cheaper Than Therapy, a podcast that journeys into conversations with the intention of demystifying, destigmatizing, and desensitizing what really gets talked about behind the closed doors of the therapy room. I'm Vanessa Bennett. And I'm Danae Selkin. And we're seekers, soul sisters, and holders of sacred space. So join us as we dive into the ways that therapy can be connecting not only to yourself, but also to those around you. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode. And today we have Carly. So Carly actually wrote in um, dealing with some some big stuff. And I think this is going to be a good conversation. So it sounds like you are on the other side of an abusive marriage. Um, Sounds like there was some infidelity. And so you're kind of grappling with what does healthy dating look like now. Um, Mm -hmm. And also there's the component of co-parenting, right, with your ex who is abusive or was abusive. Um, so why don't you kind of give us a, a top line of where you're at now, what you're struggling with, you know, just bring us deeper. Well, I left my marriage almost exactly three years ago. And um, I had tried, I've tried really hard to develop an amicable relationship, like even when I first left it. And mm. It's definitely cycled. I told myself it would get better as, um, you know, our divorce was resolved, which unfortunately he was very avoidant. He's just a very avoidant person. So Mm. it took over a year to get divorced. Um, So I've been divorced for almost two years and um, I dated like right away um, because yes, I was coming from a pretty unhealthy relationship where there was definitely like infidelity at the end of my marriage that it wasn't something that was ever disclosed to me. It was something that my intuition led, you know, and there was a lot of denial of my intuition in my marriage and like um, a lot of gaslighting. And so it's taken some time for me to like get my bearings again after all this. And I was definitely just like kind of like band-aid dating where I was just like not in a great place, but kind of like online dating looked fun because I had been in a relationship for 14 years. So like I had never done that. Um, I mean, I hadn't been single since my early twenties and I was now in my mid thirties and I'd had my kids fairly young. So it felt kind of like young and free and, but you know, it got to a place pretty like quickly within like a year or two that I was like, this isn't, I mean, I haven't really solidly dated anyone repeatedly in the past more than a year. And, um, I've gone out like one time with like a couple people, but now I don't even have an online dating profile. Cause I'm just, I kind of feel like, like I give up a little bit, like, mm. you know, but I also know that I'm like still healing, that sure. that's probably like a big part of what's going on. And it's cool to feel good about being single and to enjoy being alone in my house I used to really struggle when my kids were off at their dad's house and I just didn't really want to be home because it just felt super empty Mm -hmm. and um during COVID that stopped being like an option to like run away from the the aloneness and Mm -hmm. I really had to sit with it and so I think I'm I think I'm kind of like stuck in this rut now of aloneness Mm -hmm. And I don't really know how to open up to like 
uh, intimacy or relationship again, because it does feel really unsafe. Like I, my anxiety, like immediately starts going to like a lot of places when I start feeling that kind of connection or energy with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to just like maybe prioritize meeting people organically over trying to meet online just because I think I'm kind of a complex person and there's a lot more than just like my, I, I just want to meet people where there's picture. less filtering. Yeah. Like I, I want to like, you know, have feeling like their energy and like, mm-hmm. do we even connect on any level? Cause I just find that with online dating, a lot of it is, um, you know, they look good on paper and you know that you think they're attractive and they think you're attractive, but like, there's not like an actual connection. Hmm. Can I ask you, do you feel like you're ready? I think I'm probably, I should have saved it all for now because I'm probably more ready now than I was when I was doing it for the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm wondering how to get my mojo back of um, being open to that. Hmm. Well, you know, you said a little while ago, Carly, I I feel like I'm still healing. And I think that some part of that intuitive sense is right, right? Like we know ourselves pretty well. And I think this is something we do a lot of times after a breakup, we will, especially if we've been married, just be excited about the prospect of something new and exploring this new sense of self. And we'll get into distractions for a while, right? And we don't have to feel some of the pain of this this new thing of being by myself, certainly, but also um, just the postmortem of mm. everything that this relationship was, um, how our dynamics sort of played out together that I, I can see with a little distance. Because when we're really close to the relationship, it's still just really hard to understand our part, right? Like it's always a dance between two people. It's always like the way that we were sort of feeding off of each other in terms of our wounds, right? And so we do have to give ourselves time to really integrate that and understand all that that was, I think, before um, before we do feel ready to, to step out there. Um, now, that being said, I do think that as we meet people, it can be rich ground for, you know, mm-hmm starting to do some of that work. But I think that sometimes if in the beginning, as soon as we had the breakup, we did a whole lot of distracting from that work, your intuition might be right that I might just need some time now that some of the discomfort of being here in the house by myself has settled um, to really get comfortable in my alone. But how does that feel? I feel like I'm there, like, and I'm, I'm even focusing on my, I'm going to have to change careers because I made career choices based on my former marriage, you Mm -hmm. know, and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm just like juggling all that. I'm juggling like home ownership on my own for Mm -hmm. the first time. And my house has just needed tons of work and Mm -hmm. trying to like figure out ways to pay for it and manage it like all on my own. Mm -hmm. And so I have been trying to like, just, focus on those things and you know my kids just how are they doing I mean even not just with the divorce but like in a pandemic when we've been stuck at home for like almost a year then they haven't been able to go to school and um so I feel like it's 
it's been a good cocoon for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think what I'm feeling is that like, I have cocooned a lot during this time and right. done a lot of inner work and I'm yeah. trying to figure out like, how do I let, yeah, I'm, I'm just, it's like, it's actually a lot bigger than my marriage. It has to do with like family of origin stuff. And, like, how do I filter mm. and how do I let people in that are healthy for me? Right. So like this divorce was almost kind of like the thing that broke the dam. Right. And so now we're, it sounds like you're actually kind of getting in and doing the healing work that's so far beyond what this marriage represented. Right. And that's also a lot of work to do. And, and I want to say, um, you know, I, I know this isn't what today was saying, but I want to put words to this. Like, it's not that you can't heal while in relationship right? Like you can do both. You just have to know that your gut is saying I'm ready or I want to distract, right? Like what, which one is it? And, and so that, I think that's just like where the clarity needs to try to be found a little bit more. Um, I'm a big fan of saying like, we don't need to throw ourselves 150% either into the pursuit of dating. It's like, rather than throw the door open, like you can crack the window and that window can just be cracked while you're also going about doing your own work and managing your house and taking care of your kids. And it's almost like, it's almost like putting it out there to the universe, right? Like I've cracked the window. The window is cracked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like I, I am, I'm open to possibility and I'm not throwing myself into it in a distracting way. If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't have the capacity to like lose myself in it. And then, right. you know, um, I know where my priorities are and I notice I even, I have friends that had like much shorter marriages without kids that were going through divorce at the same time as me. And they're like in new relationships now. And like those relationships are progressing, to like moving in or, you know, whatever, even getting engaged. Like even that gives me anxiety. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I like, it's like alarm bells. Like, immediately where I'm like oh um like I almost can't imagine um like I know logically I want that someday but I also when I start thinking about it and like all the things that it entails <laughs> like yeah like how vulnerable you have to make yourself like I, I I'm starting to question like how do I get that part of me back that mm. is able to like be vulnerable and open to someone the way that I was because I think that's the hardest part for me about what I lost is like I thought I was choosing different than the family I came from mm -hmm. and it was just so far from that I was just so trusting of that person like unconditionally you know and I wanted to believe like and I'm not like a gullible person I'd say like I'm definitely like on the more anxious, like analytical side of stuff. Mm -hmm. And wow, this is weird. I, I never get emotional talking about this anymore. Like part of me just feels like I lost part of myself that I really want back. Yeah. Oh, God, Carly, you know, um, I'm really feeling you so much on this. <laughs> and, you know, I think here's what it feels important to state you're not the same, right? Aspects of you, um, unfortunately and fortunately, we can't get back, right? You um, are going to be a different woman 
in whatever the next phase of your life is inevitably. And some of that's a good thing, right? Some of the ways that you're going to stand in your sense of self, um, insist upon yourself, even as you invite other people into your world will be different. Um, and you know, there's, there is a grieving of the young innocence that we had when we first fall in love, when we first get married. And that is important to grieve. And also it's like, you know, when you become a mother, that transition from maiden to mother, that just awareness of like, I can't ever go back to that um, young woman that I was. I'm different forever. I can hold her with such deep reverence for, you know, where she was in that stage of life. But the woman that I've become um, has a different level of wisdom from everything I've been through. And we don't want to throw all of that away. You know, it was, it was what you needed to be where you are now, you know? I know it's all true. Um, I think it's, it's probably because I've gotten like a lot of pieces of my old self back. Like I actually, mm. right before I left, my husband moved back to the town where I had gone to college. Mm. And um, so like I had a whole life here that I got to come back to, including like um, recreation hobbies that I used to do that I had given up in motherhood and um, I'm back in touch with again. Mm-hmm. And it's, so it's like this thing where I'm getting pieces of my old self back and I'm feeling so much of like, oh, this is like, I'm still here. Like, but I am forever changed. And <laughs> it's, some of the stuff that I think would really help in a relationship is like, you know, just like that basic level of openness and trust and ability to be intimate. Like I have a lot of that in me, but I also just, um, I do feel guarded. I don't want to get hurt or mistreated by someone. And Mm -hmm. I just want to, be with someone that I can trust and that I know that they're good and that their compass is good and that I don't have to do like all this background checking on their stories Mm -hmm. um because I honestly didn't do that because when I was in my relationship my long-term relationship where I was married um because I I I do want to just deeply trust my partner you know, I don't want to be like a detective. Um, well, yeah, I was going to ask you, what does that mean when you say background checking and detective? Will you bring us a little bit more into like what that looked like? Well, just, I mean, I think it's just part of being with someone that's like a pathological liar. It's just mm-hmm. like, um, I didn't do a lot of digging because I just, you know, he lies with like zero affect. Just um, trusted. Yeah. And Mm. I have a greater understanding. I mean, it's kind of scary, honestly, to realize that there's like people out there that function that way. Um, But it sounds like Harley, what I'm, what I'm gathering from you is that one of the struggles is you realize now, okay, he was capable of this, but I also believed it. And so so am I, can I trust myself to trust the right person? Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's hard. And this is one of the things that happens when we've experienced betrayal, right? Mm -hmm. Is what we end up feeling is the sense of like, I can't trust myself now, right? Mm -hmm. Because I was, I was duped by this person. All of this was happening right in front of my eyes. And what I would say is 
almost always I find that if we were to like take a time capsule back into that period in your life, there was some part of you that felt unsettled, unsafe, unhappy, and something in this relationship. You were feeling some lack of connection. You were feeling like disrespected in his agitation, like something. I, some kind I can of almost promise you there was some knowing within you on like a cellular in my body level. Mm-hmm. And that I is, it. that's right. so, the but point. This is the difference, right? This is the difference between I was duped. Right. Right. Which is like, oh my God, I can't trust my intuition because I was duped. Or the, the reality, what Danae is saying is actually my we intuition knew, but because of things like survival, desire for attachment, I chose to ignore it. And now I'm not saying that to place blame on you, right? But actually to empower you because you did what you did for reasons at that time, right? Like we need attachment for survival, especially, you know, we're not going to get into it obviously now, but like all your family of origin stuff. And like, you were in your early twenties meeting him. Like, I'm sure there was so much at play when your two unconsciouses attracted to each other. Right. And you chose at some level to kind of ignore your intuition, but don't think your intuition is broken. Mm. I agree. I don't think it is completely broken. I mean, I'm kind of in this place where I can't ignore it anymore. And that's why I had to leave my marriage is right. And I was like having like physical manifestations of not listening to my intuition and like trying, like, it was just starting to really make me sick, like yes. my body actually sick. And um, I don't know. I mean, it was just like, there was no way but to leave that relationship. Like I could not make myself stay one more day. Yeah. But all of that is your internal navigation system, right? Like all of those are the tools within you that now you can tap into and listen to because you have done work on, you know, unpacking things. And, you know, I, I always say like, you get to set the pace, right? Like, I love this idea of like, I can date without like a destination. Mm -hmm. I love to call it mindful dating where it's just a little, like, I really tune into like how I feel in my body in another person's presence. Right. And if, if there's all of the anxiety and, um, you know, I can't be my real self and the old like programming and stuff that I used to do in family of origin starts to kick in, that becomes information, right? Like that becomes my like flag that I need to check in with that. I need to say the thing I need to tend to myself versus sort of like going into the old pattern of what I've done in the past. So, you know, there's all these ways that we can slowly at a pace that works for us, invite people into our lives and say, you know, I don't have to know where this is going. I don't have to know if this person would even be a good fit for me. I'm just starting to create more connection because in these connections, I start to come into the realization of how different I am, right? Mm -hmm. Of how much I am able to trust myself. And I'm telling you, you will be surprised, Carly, how you'll be like, as I really tap into like what is happening for me in my body, like, this person, lovely person, some part of this doesn't feel like, I don't know, um, what I'm looking for right now in terms of connection or um, emotional How they make me feel or, about myself or whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, their capacity, like whatever it is, right? But you will start to get these signals like you had in the past, like Vanessa was just saying, but this time you have different tools to sort of act on what's coming up for you. I feel that. That would all be nice. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Well, and I think too, like you said, you're a little bit of an analytical person, right? So part of this is also our desire to kind of want to like think through it, solve it, fix it. Like, okay, well, I want this and I'm ready. And it's like, it becomes very like, da, 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 like very kind of left brain, you know? And sometimes we have to pause and be like, well, I can't think through it. Like I have to feel into it. And like Danae's language, it's like, I have to know what that pace is. And, and it might be slower than actually my brain wants it to be. My body might be actually the one setting the pace. It's not really my brain. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I feel like I'm trying to go through this process that you're describing even with like friendships because right. mm -hmm. I'm in an area that I was gone from for a long time. And so I do have some really old friends, but we're in like really different life stages right now um, mm -hmm. where they have like really young kids and I have significantly older kids, you know, whatnot. They're going through pregnancies, you know, and I'm like really active and wanting to just get out in the world again, whether it's with or without my kids, but I mean, mm -hmm. my kids are, you know, middle school and elementary school age. So, well, this is um, good. I mean, look, this is like using what Danae is saying. It also doesn't have to come from romantic partners right. that you get to go deeper yeah. and you get to continue to hone that intuitive kind of listening ability, right? It's like, you can do this with friendships. You can do this with family, right? There's a lot of ways that we can do this. Um, and you going back to this place in your life, actual tangible place in your life, where you were when you were college age is actually kind of interesting because it's literally and metaphorically like you've taken yourself back and you're giving yourself the opportunity to test yourself in ways with like this new knowing, you know, yeah. <laughs> this new knowing of who you are now versus who you were then, I guess. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something really interesting in that to me. You know, it exciting. is really interesting. It's been an interesting journey because it's also somewhere that I lived during times in my childhood. So it's like mm -hmm. a lot of layers of past, you know, mm -hmm. very different stages of life um, that I have memories for, but now like rebuilding a whole new life as a parent here and like as a single parent and um, it is quite the journey, <laughs> but it feels like a good place to be for that. Like I'm not feeling upset about where I am. Um, I think it is, it's a smaller area. So um, the dating pool is smaller also. <laughs> and that's sure. like another factor. Um, and I guess if I'm really honest with myself, like it still does freak me out to think about like meeting someone that would be a really good match for me. Cause mm. on some level, I feel like I am still healing, but I also wonder how much of that is me just kind of going into like an avoidant pattern with relationships and feeling like that. Well, I just feel like I do definitely have like some sort of walls built at this point towards them. I'm sure you do. And I would try not to overthink that because mm. even when you start to go down that rabbit hole, I can feel like in us talking, your presence has kind of left. And what's shown up for me right now is a very kind of like analytical, like your brain is taking over. Like I can even feel it in the energy shift. Mm -hmm. So that to me feels a bit like a rabbit hole mm. um, that I would just be mindful of going down because I think you are allowing yourself opportunities. There's so much coming up for you right now. It feels like you're actually in like this amazing 
potential for growth place in your life. And it is happening. You are growing, you are challenging yourself, you're changing. Um, you might have walls up right now. And that would make sense to me. Uh, and you're going to get to experience what it feels like to like, maybe bring one down a little bit when you meet someone. And like, it's such a dance that you can't think through like, well, what will happen when we don't know, we don't know what will happen when, um, it's going to be an in the moment thing that you're going to have to like dance with, you know? Yeah. And in that vein, like, I feel like I, I would love to invite you to like really do some things to cultivate the right brain aspects of self. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, the playfulness, like you have kiddos. So like the more that you can be like light dancing, exploring in your body, like art, like the things that make you like get out of the analytical side, um, and into the like present moment and the playful aspects of yourself. I feel like, um, the more that you can just sort of tap into this sense of like, I trust, you know, yeah. I trust that I am held by something. I trust that I am moving through the rhythm of life as I am supposed to, and that I don't have to know, and that I don't have to figure out ahead of time because life will and inevitably does unfold as it is supposed to. So everything that I have gone through up to this point is in divine order. Everything that is in front of me is as well. And so the more that I can sort of like shift into that space a little bit, really dropping into my body is what we would talk about in terms of like therapy terms. But I want you to like practice shifting, like V saying out of your head into your body mm -hmm. and into the present moment as much as you can. And you have to trust, like you're doing the work. It's not like when Danae says everything's in divine order, like you're not being passive, right? Like you are an active participant in this. You are doing the active work and there is still a divine order to things. We can show up actively and things are still going to play out how they're going to play out. So, you know, I just want to, I want to make sure that I say that too. And I, I definitely believe all that because I've had enough experiences in life where you know, like things just like don't go your way, like in a certain job or something. And then right. it like leads to this other job. And then you're like, feel so aligned and like everything's clicking. And right. you're like, oh, if that all that whole crazy thing hadn't happened, this hadn't happened. And right. I feel like I'm already in that place in a lot of ways with where I'm at in life, with the choices I'm making. Um, I do look forward to that feeling like an aha moment with the right person someday mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that I'm like, oh, well, like this all happened for this reason. So I could end up in relationship with this person. And, right. And um, it's okay that you're not there yet. You know, like you're still yeah. in the place of healing. And so when you're in that place, the ahas aren't usually there yet, you know? So we have to honor where you are in this moment. And I think Danae's practice, like her push to you is exactly it. Like, in order to honor where you are and in order to get the kind of most out of the work that you're in the midst of doing, your homework from us is going to be to continue to push yourself to get more into that kind of body-centered, right brain, creativity, playfulness, because that's where all of this, this stuff that we can left brain learn and understand, that's where it comes home. Like that's mm -hmm. where it becomes integrated into ourself. It's yes. not in the thinking through. It's in the actual getting into our body and getting into play. Um, so that I think is going to be from both of us, the challenge to you, you know, as we, as we end here. Cause I, I want that to be something that's like in the front of your mind. I like yeah. that. I like very focused. <laughs> <work assignment. laughs> Shabbat. Shabbat. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> well, please keep us posted. Send us an email and just let us know what's going on and how it's feeling. And, you know, yeah. just love to hear from you. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, ladies. Thanks, Aww. Carly. Oh, the loop. The loop. Yeah. I feel like um, such a common thing that we sort of can have a way that we're talking to ourselves about our story and what is happening for us. And we can be doing a lot of work, but if we struggle to get out of our headspace, it can be really difficult to be in that space of integration with all of the work that we've been doing. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, God bless it. The brain does wonderful things for us, but sometimes it can actually hurt us more than help us. Right. Mm. It doesn't think it is, but um, it can be. And, and at some point, right. We saw Carly show up like I saw her show up. She dropped into emotion. She even said, mm. I haven't gotten emotional about this, right? Yeah. I talk about this. Basically, it was like, I talk about this all the time. Why am I getting emotional? Well, you're getting emotional because that play, that part of you is actually showing up. I felt her. She was connected. We were really in it. And then at some point, you know, I called her out because I watched her leave. Yeah, you know, We can see each other, obviously, even though you guys listening can't. But it was like, you might've even heard it in her voice actually. Cause I think even her voice got a little bit more mechanical. I watched her leave. She was no longer with us. What was happening is her brain was taking back over and she was trying to think through in the future. Well mm -hmm. then in this, and then what about this? And that, and it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Pull it yeah. back. Yeah. I thought it was so powerful that you spoke to it in real time, because that's something that we do as a defense mechanism. We've spent an entire lifetime um, sort of building up this armor to protect ourselves and that we can actually sort of disassociate from mm -hmm. this moment, like by going off into our thoughts again, by leaving this moment in the story I'm telling myself again, or like the thoughts I'm having about like how I'm going to figure out how this thing is going to play out, which, you know, um, is not, is not actually possible, right? Like we right. can't know that's like bringing us back into that state of anxiety. Right. Yeah. And, and in a way, when we let ourselves get kind of swept up in that, we're almost sabotaging ourselves. We're sabotaging mm -hmm. our work. Um, and again, not, on not, you know, on purpose, like the brain is doing what it's supposed to do and it really is trying to help, but, um, it actually can be sabotaging the work. And so, you know, before we got on, you were saying this idea of like, this is why we say it's the mind, body, spirit connection, mind, body, soul mm -hmm. connection, right? It's like the integration, the work, um, it really is about making the connection between all three. It's like total alignment. And so when you let any one part kind of get um, too big for its britches, you know, when it starts to kind of run the shots, um, and for so many of us, especially in the West, it's all about the brain, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about the mind. We think it does call the shots. Um, yeah. I don't know. We talk ourselves out of our work. Yeah. And that's, I, I think that's such an important part of why integration means that we are tapping into all three elements, mm -hmm. mind, body, mm -hmm. and soul, right? Because if we're like two in the soul, like we're in the space of spiritual bypassing and just right. like, oh, it'll all be fine. Just, like, mm -hmm. Give it to God, whatever. Like, and that is not actually like in the space of like being in my body, like actually thinking through what's happening either. Right. And, you know, like I kept, as we were talking to Carly, I used to have a yoga teacher that would say, get out of your head. It's a bad neighborhood. Like get out of there. Yeah. And, that's, and like, that's actually a quote by Anna Lamott. I don't go. Oh, to my, is it? I don't like to go to my, what does she say? She goes, um, 
I don't like to visit my mind alone. It's like a bad neighborhood. I don't like to visit my mind alone or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like I kept being like, get out of your head, get out of there. But that's like a little bit of what happens. Like we get in this like continuous loop of the same thought playing where we need to get out of there a little bit. And I, mm-hmm. I was, um, you know, again, like you can't see us, but I was sort of like kept like asking her to like drop back down into her body, like whatever you can do to like come back down. You're so up in the headspace mm-hmm. right now. And it's still safer, right? So it's like, I understand. I know why we do it. Like you were saying, it's a defense, you know, for a reason. Um, but she is coming to us having already done a couple of years of, of work. Yeah. So I feel comfortable saying to her, you need to get your defenses in check a little bit and drop back into your body. Like you have the tools, you have the awareness, you know, you've done enough work where it's safe it's safe for you to do that. You know, and it's not safe for everybody in the beginning. Like we keep saying there are defenses for a reason. Um, but it really felt to me like she was ready. Um, Mm -hmm. it was just kind of old habits that she, she really just needs to pay more attention to. And so hopefully with some of those tools and tips, like you were giving her, you know, it's just more, um, pushing her to kind of sharpen that part of what she's working on. Yeah. I love doing these sessions because it's just really cool to see how much comes up in real time that we see in sessions with people, right? Like this is the stuff that that we sort of navigate and work through. Yeah. Well, guys, we hope you enjoyed. We'll see you guys next time or or talk to you guys next time. How do we say that? (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll be here. (laughs) We'll be here. here. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Cheaper Than Therapy. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want to connect with us, you can find us on Instagram at Vanessa S. Bennett and at Danae Logan Selkin.